0: We're going to look at Mark chapter seven, verses twenty-four through thirty. Uh, honestly, I have no, I have no clue how or why the Lord led me to this, um, this section of the Bible, um, this story, how a Gentile lady showed her faith. Uh, when I first read this, I, I, pr- I probably didn't fully understand it, and I almost question why Jesus said what he said in the way that he said it. And I was looking at it as a historical event. And I wasn't looking at it as the divine word of God. And that it was to nourish our bodies, um, to give us some teaching, to give us an understanding of how we should interact with others. But to kind of give you the context of what's going on in these verses, um, let me give you my title first. If I were to give you this title, don't write me off. Please, don't write me off. And maybe say that to yourself. Think about that. Because there's probably been times in your lives that someone has written you off and it did not feel good. There's probably been times in your life that someone made you feel so inhumane that you felt like you did not belong and they wanted nothing to do with you. So when I was looking at the scripture and the context of the scripture, what really got to me was was the teachings. That when we live in a society, we have norms, we have teachings, we have beliefs. Well, at this time, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, were teaching their followers to stay away from the Gentiles. That the Gentiles were pagans. That they were unpeer, they were unclean. That they were the enemy of... Of God. Can you imagine that? That's like us saying that Canada is the enemy of God. That for some odd reason, we are better. So, as Jesus was listening to this, what do you think Jesus did? Well, if I use the example of Canada, he went to Canada. He went to preach to the Gentiles. Um, So when we look at this context, we see that Jesus is hearing all this about the teachings and how we should treat the Gentiles. And he was like, no, we shouldn't treat them that way. Um, So he decided to leave and go into the land of Tyre. So if we turn to the word... We'll start at Mark 24. From here he arose and went into the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoesian by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she came to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to come here to be a vessel So that you can work through me to preach your word, Lord. I hope that this word goes out to those that are listening today, either online or here in person. That it nourishes their bodies. That they see this more than just a historical event. But the divine word of God. The great teacher. The teacher teaching us how to treat others. Lord, I just ask you to To really cleanse me so that I can be pure as I preach this word. That it's just your word that is coming out of me, Lord. And I ask all this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, we can look at God's word two different ways. We can look at it as a historical event. That this happened. That Jesus went into the land of Tyre. Um, this lady came to Jesus. Um, they had this conversation, and all of a sudden, there was this great miracle, and the demons were out of her daughter. And a lot of those that are not um, saved probably sees the Bible in historical events. And sometimes even these historical events are those that are not saved, how they judge us. They look at us as as treating this woman disrespectful by saying that God's children should get the bread first. And then maybe if there's crumbs, then those that are not God's children could have those crumbs. So when I first looked at this, I said, well, okay, what if I looked at this a different way? What if I looked at this as a divine event? Like, this applies to me here and now. Like, this is the difference between the saved and the unsaved. Because if we think about the saved and the unsaved, the saved, they come to church every Sunday, right? We come to worship. We come to praise the Lord. The word goes out to you. And then you go out and share those crumbs with those that don't believe. We don't start with preaching to the unsaved and not even preaching to the church. We preach to the church First, we preach to the saved. That way it spreads out. Now, if we look at the bread, what is the bread? The bread is the body of Christ. The bread is what gives us life. The bread is what gives us eternity. So when we look at this, and we look at the divine meaning of this, we see that is more of a metaphor and then harsh words, that when Jesus was making a point to those that were following him, that the bread is not just for the children. The bread, even the crumbs, are for those that are unsaved. Now if we go a little deeper into this, and when we think about it, And sometimes I wonder, you know, it's amazing how God affirms the message. Um, I didn't know they were going to sing that song about God's children. See, we all have an invitation to the table. We all could become God's children. Most of us are. And we are sitting at the table and we are eating the bread. Everyone has that invitation. So if I was thinking about my scripture, and I'm going to break it down into three different parts. The journey. I want to first talk about the journey. Why did Jesus take this journey? The second part I want to talk about is the words. Why did Jesus decide on using those words? Because we know that the word of God has a really deep meaning. The reason why he said it that way is to apply to our lives today. And the last part is the mercy. So if we start with the journey, and I kind of looking at Mark's account and going back to what was happening before. So if we look at Mark chapter 7, same chapter, I'm just going to go back some verses and go to verse 15. He says, there is nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him, but the things which come out of him, those are the things that defile a man. So when I got to thinking about it's not what goes in, it's about what comes out. Now, of course, they're probably talking about unclean foods, but Jesus is using this more as a, as a parable. Um, that is more about that, yes, we see all kinds of stuff. We see the news. We see TV. We see the things that are going on in the workplace. Yeah, there is a lot that's going into us. And sometimes that gets us down. It makes us depressed. Um, I know I experience it. I am not perfect. But I can't let that change my attitude. Because what comes out of me defiles me. So when we think about this, I, I kind of go back to our attitudes. I think our attitudes are really important. Because our attitudes, they lead to our behaviors. And our behaviors lead to our actions. And our actions reinforce our attitude. So let's think about this. Now, if I go to the Pharisees, and I look at the Pharisees' attitude... They thought the Gentiles were the enemy of God. And if my attitude is that I'm looking at a race of people different than me, and even in this context, unpeer the enemy, what do you think my behaviors are? How did they treat the Gentiles? Now, of course, who was doing it? That was the scariest part. The people that were doing it were the religious leaders, the ones that were standing in the pulpit like this. What were their actions? Their actions was division. They separated God's people. Now, of course, Jesus came to fix it all. (laughs) Jesus came to fix everything that was broken by the fall of man. And he saw he needed to fix something. He needed to go on a journey into the land of the Gentiles. He needed to make a point to his followers that the teaching that was happening in the pulpit of that time was not God's will. It was not God's will. So when we look at Jesus' attitude... Well, what we see is mercy. We see love. We see compassion. How do we see it? Well, this lady came to him. Now, this lady, at the time, and in, in even looking at the social norms, she like had three strikes against her. Right. And saying these three strikes, I, I can't even believe that people used to believe this. One was her race. That was the first strike. She was a Gentile, but it didn't stop there. Second, she was a female. That the society of that time looked at females differently. They were, I don't, I don't want to even say those words. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. And the third one was that she had a daughter that was possessed by a demon. Society had written her off. Society wanted nothing to do with her. But she heard about a man named Jesus. And she was willing to eat those crumbs. And because of that, her family was made whole. It's just amazing to look at the difference between the actions of the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders of that time, and the actions of Jesus. Sometimes we look at the story, we look at the words, but do we look at what Jesus did? Jesus got up and left and went into the land ruled by the Gentiles. That was an action. That... Our actions speak more than our words. Our actions speak more than our words. When I look at this Bible and I look for the divine meaning of what Jesus is saying, I'm not looking at the words. I'm looking at Jesus's actions. What did he do? Because I know that his attitude and his behavior will always lead to his actions. Just like our actions, our attitude and our behavior will lead to our actions. So when we look at this, we definitely see that this journey was an action that we can learn from. That those that are unsaved, Jesus didn't wait for them to come to him. He went To them. Sometimes we have to take action to reach those that are unsaved. To reach those that need the Word of God. Now, of course, they can't get the whole sermon, but they could get those bits and pieces from you. Those become the crumbs. Of the, the bread of life. And you know what? Sometimes it just takes a crumb for them to come to the table. Amen. Sometimes it just takes the smell of that bread to make us hungry for the Word of God. Amen. But if we never have the opportunity to smell that bread. How do we even know that the table is set for us? So when we think about this, and we go into my next section, the words the words were tough. And, and you know, honestly, the lady had two choices. She could have took it as she was being called a dog. Or she could see it deeper than what was really truly being said. Now, let me ask you the question. If you came to me and said, I need to feed my family first, that my family comes first, and I pretty much closed the door in your face, do you persist or do you just leave? Now, when I was studying the scripture, a story came to mind that that really made a connection of something that happened in my life. Um, Most of you know that I was in the foster care system for a while. Well, (laughs) most of my life. Um, And I always wanted to just to feel love. And I had just got married we just went back to Washington my foster family they invited me to go out to the beach and to camp with them I was pretty excited I mean we packed everything up we went to the beach I had the tent and everything and we were out there we were getting ready for dinner and all of a sudden my foster parents said well we're going to go ahead and eat now. Um, you could go ahead and cook for your family. I was devastated. I was so hurt. It wasn't that I didn't have the food to cook, I didn't have the grill to cook. I just felt that I just wanted to feel like a, I belonged. I wanted to feel like I was loved. I was so hurt that it was hard to get on my mind that maybe I wasn't truly a part of their family. I was just another one of their foster kids. And it was so hard. So when when I was looking at the scripture, I could imagine she was feeling the same way when those words first came out but what we saw was that she had faith she had faith she was hungry she persisted now when when I have cookouts I'll be honest I cook plenty of food anyone could come and eat (laughs) you will not leave my house hungry That event changed me, just like this event changed her life. That because of her faith, because she was persistent, because she believed, she went ahead. We saw her attitude, we saw her behavior, and we saw her actions. And her actions were to say that even the dogs eat the crumbs. Even the dogs eat the crumbs. So as I wrap up this message, and going into the last part, the mercy. See, Mark's account shows us in the Gospel That through God's divine word, that his mercy, his grace, his passion extends to all creations. We all at one time has eaten the crumbs from that table. At one time, we were not God's children. But you know what? Those that are God's children here today, those crumbs were enough to give us a desire to come to the table. Now, those crumbs are an invitation. And when we think about the crumbs and we think about that invitation... When God gives us an invitation, we have a choice. I know when I have a barbecue, I try to invite everyone. I even put it on Facebook. Anyone that wants to come, come. It's kind of like the same thing with God. Anyone who wants to come, come. It's an open invitation. Now, of course... You kind of have to let know, God, that you're coming, right? So when we think about the invitation, we need to believe. We need to believe that that bread on that table will give us eternal life. Now, who wouldn't want eternal life? Now, when I think about... My barbecues. I remember one time only Miss Sharon and Mr. Ranch came after I invited like 20, 30 people. Not many people will come. I'm being honest. Not many will come. It's almost like this board right here is everyone that has been invited to come to the table. And three have come. Three have come. Now, of course, to sit at the table, we have to become God's children. And some of you might want to know well, how do I become a child of God? We become baptized and we are reborn. We are reborn as children of God. So you have an invitation. Those of us that have been eating at the table for a while, it's time for us to share some of those breadcrumbs. Those that have been eating those breadcrumbs, there's a chair for you at the table.